What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yo, 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 what's up? It is another episode of The Chop Up. It's Tuesday, and I got my guy here, Jeremy. And we on The Chop Up tonight right here on the Buffalo Rumblings vidcast feed. For your mids out. We up in here. This show is brought to you by the Jordan Poyer Foundation. Uh, our very own Jeremy Poyer. He's in the fam. He's in the fam. Uh, you want to, because we, you know, Jordan is our guy. He's more your guy than anybody's guy. But <laughs> talk, let's talk about, because our show is sponsored by the Jordan Poyer Foundation. Do you want to give some light into kind of the work Jordan does off the field? Well, I mean, it's it's all over the place. So, uh, um he kind of starts it with the ECMC. He's done a lot of work with them. Um, he works with the hospital back home. A lot of it is uh, underprivileged youth um, and like kids that might need help or kids that are going through some things. He does a lot of things there, and um, he's got some merch coming out. All that goes to uh, all that goes towards uh, that type of those type of uh, donations and whatnot. Sorry, I was reading Spence's comment, and I was in appreciation of my mic. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got got the (laughs) mic thing going on. So, But those of you who weren't listening to the show last week, we were talking about gear and all this stuff, and my boy was like, yo, I got to step my game up. And so you went out. You sound good, man. You're looking good. Now, the only only, uh, qualm I got with you right now is I still don't have any Joe Emporia gear right now, okay? I ain't got nothing. All right, and every time you come on the chop up, you're here now. This is your show. Look, look, you come rocking it. Well, I said you a sweatshirt. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing. So that's crazy. I said you a sweatshirt. That's crazy. Spence. Oh, you did. <laughs> Spence, you stole his sweatshirt or what? Oh, no, he, he he's in, he's doing he's doing background stuff right now. He's doing the background <laughs> stuff right now. But hey, so this is uh this is this is like the official start of. The NFL season for us, right? So Bills are going to be playing the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about is James Cook that dude? We're going to talk about James Cook in this show. Um, now Jeremy was all hyping up Gabe last week, so I might yeah, give him a week. chance to uh, end this week. So I might give him a chance to kind of you know you know say with his whole chest about old Gabe because. You know, it's a polarizing kind of topic in Bill's Mafia. Uh, But first, 
there's a couple there's a couple things that that I want to address that have to do with fighting, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you've seen this, but on Sunday in old Alabama, okay, did you see the fight with the uh, security guard and and all these people just going at it? Yeah, man. I saw that degeneracy over there. It was hilarious. So for those of you who don't know, you probably want to go, I don't know if you go into X, we're not going to call it, we can't call it Twitter anymore, but if you go into X and you type in Alabama brawl, apparently there's a security guard, some, some, uh, a group of people on a boat were trying to park it somewhere. And, uh, my, my boy just, he kind of, they, they about to square up. He throws his hat in the air. Okay. Now everybody, you know, Twitter is 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 like the internet is undefeated, but they're like calling the bat signal. But as soon as he throws this 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 hat up, they start squaring up and throwing blows. And then all of a sudden, melee breaks out. Okay, and then you got people getting hit with chairs. I mean, it really felt like WrestleMania in the backwoods. It was yeah. hilarious. What, what, did you do? You say you say you saw it, right? Yeah, I saw it, and like. I just consider that like a bunch of drunk dudes throwing a tantrum at the security guard for telling them what they didn't want to hear. And I, whether or not, I don't know, man, I, I don't really like dive into those situations because like it always gets political. And to no, me, look, it was just a brawl, bro. It was just right, like, right. people picking on a security guard and. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna keep it at the note. Notice I didn't I didn't add any extra Absolutely. to the story, right? It is what it is, but it is kind of funny though. Like yeah, I yeah, can't yeah. I can't dismiss this comment here. He threw he threw the hat up to call the Thundercats. Oh, that <laughs> 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 you did you watch the Thundercats when you were a kid? No. Oh, dude, that that is a dude. That is a cartoon, bro. I was. <laughs> that is, listen, you weren't even born. You're a young buck. I was laughing because you you guys be having these OG I know, old dude. head <laughs> references that I have no idea. I know. What hey, about. Spence be coming. Hey, I'll be talking. Yeah, to yeah. Him. He be coming here with some old head stuff. Big time, bro. <laughs> like, bro, big get time. Out of my face, bro. Yeah. Well, here's your here's your little dose of uh of uh some some old head stuff. But Thundercats, bro. You you it's one of those cartoons that you got to check it out. If you like anime, I don't know if you're into anime, but Thundercats is legit, bro. Them, I said solid it, with Naruto. Hard. It's hard. Okay, Naruto yeah. helped too. Naruto's yeah. helped, but there is no Naruto without Thunder. Oh. Okay, <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, Naruto wouldn't even be a, a thing if it wasn't for Thundercats. But so that that already just set the week off to be to be great, and then all of a sudden, you know, on I think it was Saturday night, Jake Paul beats Nate Diaz. He all keeps winning. Yeah, and as expected, in my opinion, like he's a solid boxer, and boxing is just a different, it's a different atmosphere. And so, like, this is why we said, "Hey, start fighting some boxers," because like you're you're okay at boxing, and you come and you fight these MMA guys that have a little bit of striking in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we gonna do that. We gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you fight these MMA guys that have a little bit of striking and you can't get kicked. You can't like, and I expect in a rematch, if they were, were to do it in MMA, that they would make a rule that he can't kick. And like, that's a big part of MMA. And so like, right. It's just, he's fighting a bunch of dudes that he's better at than boxing. And the one guy that he fought that has some boxing experience beat him on numbers. And so like, I like the route that Jake Paul, Jake Paul is going, I just don't know what his ceiling is because he keeps fighting these guys that he's just clearly better than. Do you do you think the fights are rigged? Nah, nah. You, nah. So you think they're straight up legit? Like he's that? Like he's bona fide? Like he may not be like a professional, right. like you know, calling the ticket, but he's he's a a very good amateur. Is what you're siding with? Yeah, because I know, and I don't want to make this sound like I'm diving deep into you. I know what it's like to be a fighter. And I know what it's like to have an ego and you have to have an ego a little bit to be a fighter and no fighter is going to take a dive in there in a craft, even for a little bit more bread. Like Nate Diaz can get that bread in UFC, in my opinion. Like if you're, if you're a good boxer, if you're good at what you do, if you have like any type of heart and Anderson Silva, Tyron Woodley, Ben Askren, even Nate Diaz, they all have like a dog in them that I just don't think they would 
I don't think they would take a dive for some YouTube kid. So, all right. So, well, after the fight, I think I think the fight was, I think it went nine rounds, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, uh, ten. Ten. Okay, ten, ten rounds. Yeah, ten, I think. I'm, I'm mistaken. So it went ten rounds, and Nate Diaz or, or Jake Paul said afterwards that you know he wants to run it back MMA style, and I'm like. I don't know, man. Like it, Nate Diaz was, he was a dog when it came to the octagon. Like I feel like, you know, you put you put Jake Paul in that ring. Nate Diaz is gonna jack him up. Like, you can't. They can't put any rules on it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that, the but they would though. Jake man. would. He would. He would be like, yo, you can't kick me in my legs. You can't kick me in anywhere but my head. Like we can wrestle. Jake knows how to wrestle. He's he has a background wrestling, and so like. That's probably what would be it'd be like a boxing and wrestling match. Whereas, like, I don't think any kicking would be involved, like in in, in that fight. In my opinion, I don't think that he could, would go in there because Nate's gonna go in there and kick him in the leg one time, and and, and it's over. Do it, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, right. <laughs> it's it's so okay. So if you're if you're Nate Diaz, would you even do it? I mean, the bag will be nice. The bag would be great, and you're gonna win. But, absolutely. But your handicap, like, I don't like that. I, I think I think Nate would. I think Nate would submit him if they did it mm. in MMA without kicking. Yeah. I think I think he'd still win and he'd get it back. He'd a bigger sure. bag than anybody he was getting in UFC. Man, that it's gonna be interesting. I, I hope uh it's gonna be one of those where like if 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 Jake Paul is getting into the octagon for the first time against a bona fide superstar, like that's that's must be TV. Now, okay, so did you hear Zuckerberg and uh Elon are talking about squaring up. People will watch it. I mean, yeah. Oh, people. Hey, people are gonna watch it. Yeah, I, I feel like this is one of those like fights that that is long overdue. Like you got two of the most influential dudes in the world, right, <laughs> in, in their respective rights. And the, look, Zuckerberg. I heard Zuckerberg can. Hey, he with he with it, bro. He m he MMA jujitsu or something. Dude can scrap. That's what I heard. I can scrap and like I'm just saying can, can hit pads and then don't let the hit, Facebook hit fool you. Like, don't let the meta fool you. What? I, oh. I promise they get in there and it looks horrendous and the people that are gonna like it, they need to put it out on like an influencer, not a not like any type of solidified uh base, like no UFC, no PFL, it needs to be on like one of these misfits on the zone type cards where it'll just be hilarious. People will watch it because of that. Yeah. So are you gonna watch it if it comes out? Of course. Okay, be that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> of course. All right, all right. So that's our that's our uh that's our fighting portion of the show tonight. That that's just the <laughs> the the you know things I just want to talk to you, get your opinion on, get it out of the way. But uh for those of you who are joining the show, you are listening to the chop up with my guy Jeremy Poyer. And uh, we are on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast feed, but let's let's shift our focus to uh some Buffalo Bills talk, some NFL talk cuz you know that's why a lot of you guys are here tonight. Um Okay, so Josh Allen. Josh Allen's number 8 on the NFL top 100 list. So first off, tell me what your thoughts are cuz I have a I have a couple things that I'm about it that I'm a little irritated with. Maybe you can uh, help calm me down a little bit or tell me or you can just tell me, Sterling, you're just an idiot or it's valid. So what what are your when you saw Josh Allen, number eight on that list, what was your initial reaction? Um, I mean, good for him. I, that, I think that it's interchangeable year by year. And I don't think I don't think it, there's a lot of people that it might be a slight to like there's people ahead of them that shouldn't be ahead of them. There's that all throughout the 100, like based on personal personal preference, there's a bunch of people in the top 100 that maybe shouldn't be ahead of another dude or whatever. I, I think that the top 10 is a good place to be. Okay. And then if you win, you'll get in that top two, top three with Patrick Mahomes type of category. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have any hate towards it and it's all, it's all grain of salt. You know what I mean? Look at you with the with the uh, the PC answer on that. Look, you just you're a company man, bro. It didn't upset you're, me. You you a company man on that. You a company <laughs> man on that. Okay, so all right, so maybe you here's here's how I feel about it. So, like, first of all, like 
Joe Burrow came in at number six. Okay. He came in at number six. And, and I'm like, okay, like, I still think Josh is better. But then what really, like, I was like, all right, dude, like, now I got a problem. Jalen Hurts comes in at number three. And I'm like, yo, how can you <clears throat> say it with your whole chest that Jalen Hurts is better than Josh Allen? You know? that I, I, I don't take these top hunters as that. Like, I think he had a better season last year. And as a quarterback, you, the, as far as your team goes, when you get into these top 10, top 20s, like, that's where you're going to be ranked. So, like, Josh lost to Joe. Joe's ahead of him. Joe didn't make the Super Bowl. Jalen did. Jalen's going to be ahead of him. Do I think, or does anybody really think that Jalen's better than Joe and Josh? No. But he had well, a better season. He had well, a better – there can't be anybody saying out there. Anybody saying that's not an Eagles fan cannot be out there talking about Jalen's better than Joe. They, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> people coming out and they be saying, like, yo, Jalen Hurts is better than the in, injury – not injury, but uh, turnover-ridden Josh Allen, you know. Uh, now, now look, Jalen's stats were – they were dope. Like, he had, what, uh, 21 rushing touchdowns. I think he had 13 rushing touchdowns. Only six interceptions, about seven hundred some odd rushing yards. So, and he had a sixty-six percent completion percentage, which is pretty good. That's but great. and he's a he's a he he put himself in the conversation as a true dual threat quarterback, another dual threat quarterback in the league who can actually run it and throw it. And he had a a, a bonker Super Bowl, right? And I look at that, I'm like, okay, man, like Jalen did it one year, but to say he's better than Josh Allen when like. I don't that's think that's what the list represents. I think he had a better 2022 than than you can argue that he had a better 2022 than Josh had just based on him getting to sure. the Super But people are saying it. People yeah, are saying it. But it's recent, and then people will bring it up, like narratives, media, like, dude. But nobody really, if you ask everybody privately, every person that has ever said this is not an Eagles fan, people are going to say Josh is better than Jalen Hurts and Joe is better than Jalen Hurts. They can have the argument. People have the argument about Joe and Josh, but nobody is said. Nobody in their right mind privately would be like, "Yeah, Jalen's better than Josh Allen and Joe Burrow's." I just can't. I can't. I can't have that. No. So, so if you were starting a franchise today, and those were your three options: Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. You're saying you're going with Josh Allen. I'd say if I was a, based on me being a Buffalo Bills fan, I'm taking Josh Allen. If I go unbiased, I would say Joe or Josh getting one. I don't care. Okay, so you you would just throw it to the wind, and whatever one you you got, you'd be happy with. Not Jalen, Joe or Josh, <laughs> whatever no, one. Joe Burrow or care. Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. all right. So to answer that question, I would have to say, and and not not being a, I mean, I really try to like when I come to the table with this stuff. I try not to be a homer, you know, but sometimes, you know, like it, it, we're fans, like analysis and we're part of the media. And sometimes, sometimes recent bias gets in the way or whatever, or, you know, the homerism comes in. But like when I strip it down, I look at it objectively. I would take Josh Allen over Joe Burrow. I just would. I feel like in today's NFL, your your quarterback has to do more like in terms of the running and passing joe burrow's a great athlete he's a really good athlete he's an underrated athlete but <laughs> i like I, I i would just prefer for my quarterback if i was starting a franchise i would pick josh allen but i get tired of all this josh allen hate narrative you know what i'm saying like yeah. it kind of gets old so anytime like it started when when dude was drafted like even before he was drafted there was i hate josh allen.com i don't know if you saw that website but uh before he was drafting the pre-draft process, I, mean, I wasn't a, a big fan of him. I was like, dude, that I wouldn't have taken him that year. Um, but he proved me wrong in that regard, and he's just gotten better every year. But you see, it's like because the Bills haven't made it to the Super Bowl or they haven't made it to <clears throat> excuse me, to another AFC championship, it's like, well, Josh Allen ain't nothing. You know, he's he's overrated and he's this and that. <clears throat> and I'm like, Yo, it's like people are trying to make Josh Allen to be the next Philip Rivers. Well, Philip Rivers is a great quarterback. But you know, we like I don't know if you were like this, but like when we evaluated Philip Rivers' game, you know, they were always really good in regular season most of the time, you know. But in the playoffs, 
whether it was him or the team failed him, right? They could never get over the hump. And I think that's the kind of, you know, you hear the Nick Wrights of the world. Just if according to Nick Wright, Josh Allen shouldn't even be a quarterback in the league. I mean, the slander he gives, like, how do you, how does it hit you though? Like with the, with this Josh Allen slander, like how, how do you feel about that? I mean, in my opinion, every, every great player ever is going to have a group of people, especially in this like uh, debate media uh, format that we've gotten to um, that people just want to hate and people right. just want to have like Josh came out of college and because of some tweets he sent when he was 15 years old, 16 years old, maybe freshman to college, people wanted to cancel him and hate on him. Like brother, like I did some things my freshman year of college. I'm not proud of everybody. Sure. did something, You know what I mean? Like, and that'll just go, that'll just happen until Josh wins a Super Bowl, and then even when he wins a Super Bowl, somebody's gonna say he got lucky or the defense carried him or without digs, none of this is possible. It's just what he has to do, in my opinion, to get over the hump. It's like in that moment in the playoffs, and it's one little thing that I I don't I take with a grain of salt because it could happen to anybody. He just has to win in that little moment, and he was very close. Um, and coaching kind of let him down in my opinion in the AFC championship game against the the Chiefs. But if we look back at it, who's he lost to in the playoffs? The Chiefs, uh Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and uh Deshaun Watson back when Houston was pretty good. You know what I mean? Like those are sure. the quarterbacks that that he's lost to. And I'm not bro, he he was he would beat Deshaun in that Texas team now of how good he is. And He's up there with the two top quarterbacks in the NFL, or top three. He's he's in that top three stratosphere of Pat, Joe, and Josh. So I can't. Does the hate? Do I argue it sometimes on Twitter, just nonchalantly? Absolutely. Like you right. guys sound dumb, <laughs> but I don't really. It doesn't <laughs> bug me. It doesn't bug me uh, because people are going to do it no matter what. Yeah, no, it, it's uh, man, it they get me every time, bro. Like, now I don't always comment, but I I be like I be reading this stuff and I be like, yo, like. Come on now. Like, when is Josh going to get his due? You know what I'm saying? Like, even the year, not this this past year, but the year before, you know, Josh ended after that crazy game in Kansas City. Josh was, like, number 13 or something on the NFL Top 100. I know it's voted by players, but, like, I feel like Josh really showed that he was a top three player in the league, and I still I still feel that way. So, it's like, man, I, I just want the – What year are you talking about? Uh, the year before? Yeah, the year before this last one. You know, I felt like he should have been. He should have been, you know, top top three at least, right? That narrative of you can't get over the Mahomes hump, like that'll keep him right in like five to ten. Like once he like once we make it further, we I, I don't even think he has to beat Mahomes. Once the Bills make it further than Mahomes in the playoffs or whatever it is, that's the moment they'll start giving him that top five love and. um Again, it doesn't bother me where he goes. I, I just want him to play well. I don't care. But like, right, right, right. That's, that to me, like that's when he'll start getting like the love that he deserves. So Josh DeFazio has a really good comment here. He says, "My issues is we compare oranges to apples with Josh. I mean, Hertz has without question the best O line and the equally talented squad. If Josh and Jalen switch teams, would they still produce the same?" I think that's fair. I mean, and and we're and that, look look at the conference he plays in. And I'm not here to diminish or or say, Josh, I mean, Jalen Hurts ain't nothing. But like, man, I just think like if you're gonna say when it comes to quarterbacks and you're gonna stack these guys up, you know, you know, like can it just be fair and not bias? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all I'm asking. Like, Jalen Hurts has only <laughs> done it one year. Yeah. He only done it one year, right? But that's the year that they're taking, right? That's like, sure. That's the year. You know what I mean? So it it is apples oranges, but. There's different types of quarterbacks. There's system guys, right. and Jalen Hurts to me is a system guy. He's Lamar Jackson is a, is a system guy. Like those guys, um, even Joe Burrow to an extent because he can't. I mean, he can run it a little bit, but like he has to be in a system where the ball has to be out fast because his O lineman sucks. Like that. That's the right. system that he's in. So like the ball comes out now, he's on time, he's on target. Um, but Jalen Hurts and and Lamar Jackson kind of came in and they fit the pieces around them. Whereas Josh and Patrick Mahomes are the system for their teams. Like that's like, that's so there's different quarterbacks. Do I rate 
Josh ahead of Jalen because one's a system quarterback and one's not. I, I that's not why I do. I do rate Josh ahead of Jalen, but that's not why. I just think he's a more talented quarterback in general. But uh, like yeah, Tom no. Brady was a system, in my opinion, a system quarterback to where like when he comes in, that's the type of thing. It's gonna be quick, on time, on target type of throws. Like that's the type of, and you're gonna run the ball well. Like, what does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. That's just how I feel about the the quarterbacks. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I get you. I feel you on that. Like, you're right. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna put the the quarterback aside, but you know, were you okay with Justin Jefferson being number two on the list, and yeah. and Patrick Mahomes being number? I was I was pretty cool with that. Yeah, absolutely, Justin Jefferson. I, I thought it was valid. That's very valid. Justin right? Jefferson played to the point where I was like, damn, like we <laughs> we might have lost that trip. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I don't know. Man, Bill not, needed digs, like, it's played, a win-win, but right. like, if, but if you look at like, Justin Jefferson, like, like, I don't know, like, man. I, I mean, yeah. But think about it though. Like, Justin Jefferson is about to get paid. He is about to break the bank. But he I'm didn't talking get paid for the last six years. I'm talking. Yeah. But look, when before that draft and that when that trade happened. Like you could say, like Josh Allen needed a veteran receiver. Yeah, like hindsight. he, he you know, hindsight. he needed yeah, yeah. he needed Diggs, and Diggs needed him. Like so, it, I think I think Justin Jefferson would have been great wherever he had gone. I mean, he's playing with Kirk Cousins, who's a good quarterback. But I feel like, right? I, <laughs> <laughs> like if, Kirk if, Cousins is a good quarterback. In hindsight, if Justin Jefferson came here, Josh, oh. would, that guy's throwing for like that guy's catching like he might break a receiving record uh, or something like that. <laughs> like, oh, like, man. Just, like, bro, like, yeah, man, just think about Justin Jefferson with one of these top three or four quarterbacks in the league. And to be honest, like, in this all hindsight, I'm with sure, 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 sure. But if we had just Justin Jefferson, we could have went out and got a one previous to now, like, or a two that was very good. And we would have had for the last four years two really good receivers playing, whereas, like, we've been able, we've had to pay. Diggs, which is fine. He's a great receiver, but we haven't been able to like stack enough money to go out and pay. Uh, now Gabe's going to be that dominant this year, to where it's not going to matter. But it would have been dope to have Justin Jefferson and and another like one guy that we've could have gotten in the last three years, Devontae Adams at some point. You know what I mean? Like it could have been sure, sure. Yeah, no, I mean, what's better than one number one receiver? Having two number one receivers, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's a world that we'll never know. Uh, in terms of like in hindsight, we talk, but yeah, man, you, you gotta tip your hat to Justin Jefferson what he's been able to do in the league, and you know, uh, just kind of the the scouting reports and you know even things that I thought about him uh, in that pre-draft process. Man, I did not see this kind of explosion at all. So. Uh, he, he, to see that coming. Bro, yeah, he's valid. He's valid. <laughs> yeah, number yeah. number two in the league. Uh, he, he's the best skill position <laughs> player in the league. And I, Who's and number I like three? Jalen. Oh, I, number I think, four after that. I think it was Tyreek Hill and then Travis Kelsey and then Joe Burrow. Uh, and I was Chris Jones number seven? I don't, I'm not sure who was number seven, but um, – I always look forward to that to that NFL top 100 list. I hope, I hope we see some some more guys. Um, I don't want to hear nothing about how Patrick Mahomes didn't have Patrick Mahomes had two top five players on his team at one point. I don't want to hear nothing about Josh had more help. I don't want to hear none of that ever ever in my life. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hey, two top five guys. Hey, people saying that that's that's crazy. Like. Mahomes came in the league with weapons. With weapons. Like, dude, dude had a bevy of weapons, and, just and, like Joe. Just like yeah, Joe. kudos to them, right? Like Josh ain't got Josh ain't got that. 
He no, ain't got that. No, no, no. Um, now we're gonna we're gonna see. Now he's gonna have this year. Yeah, well, that's what we're hoping. Oh, here no, we go no, with that, Gabe Davis. Here we go. Crazy. Here we go, people. Thousand here plus, we go. Okay. All right. I'm gonna give you an opportunity to talk your chest on Gabe. Like you, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna give you the floor right now. You, 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 you gonna do it? You, you gonna, <laughs> look, you gonna bring it or what? I mean, look. Let's look. let's let's go. Wait. I, I know the podcast. I know you guys watch the podcast. Look, Gabe was hurt last year. He made mm. that clear. And when he was hurt, he was supposed to have this crazy breakout year. And his mind just wasn't there. Like, I I don't know how to explain. And I just I just finished watching the Johnny Manziel thing. When your mind is not there all the way, you just are not going to play to your best ability. And, like, everything that happened through the Bills season last year, I'm not going to sure. make all these – and then Gabe is hurt on top of that, and his mind is not in it because he's hurt and he can't do what he's expected to do. Right, right. Now, this year, I know Gabe's going to go for 1,000 plus. I know for sure, 100%. I'm locking that in right now. If I was able to bet that, I would. 100%. Okay, okay. I need you to, like, 1,000 plus ain't going to, like, I need you to, like, throw some numbers out. 1,000 plus, uh, I'll give him, he's going to have, like, two or three, two touchdown games. I'll give him, like, 12 TD, so like 1,100 yards. I'll go 1,100 yards, 11 TDs. You staying the 10 toes down on that? I'm staying the 10 toes down. 1,100 yards and 11 touchdowns. Yep. Him and Diggs combined are going to go for like like 29, 28, something like that. So so, so Diggs is getting 1,800? Like 16, 1700. I just didn't do the math very well in my head, but like 16. Josh gonna have a crazy year, and it's gonna be dog. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be mainly those two because we're gonna also run the ball. You wanted to talk about Cook. Let's get into that Cook situation. Okay, hold on, hold on. Before we jump to James, though, because I, you know, I listen, I'm just, I'm right now, I'm just trying to take it in. So, so if Gabe Davis 1100 yards, like I can see that, like that's not, that's not crazy just because, like. What do you have? Nine hundred something last year, and he missed some yeah, games, and he was injured. Twenty, he was injured for like right thirteen of them. But ele- eleven touchdowns. Like now, now let me ask you a question: Is this because what you hear or what you saw at training camp? Like this is where you you're coming to that conclusion that Gabe is just going to have this monster season? Like. Well, I'm- I'm taking everything in of like where this team is going as far as like we're going to run the ball more efficiently, sure. we're going to run the ball better. They're going to get a lot more one-on-one opportunities, and Gabe is a very valid deep threat even when he was hurt. And so I just think he's going to have the majority of like the deep ball touchdowns. Like Diggs, the way he gets played in the NFL, like he has to take his short routes. He has to get a lot of receptions for shorter yards, and, like, every now and then he'll be able to hit a deep one. Gabe's going to get a lot of one-on-ones. And Gabe's going to – and Gabe on a one-on-one healthy, out taking Gabe. And, like, I just, I just feel like that's how it's going to go this year. And he's healthy this year. Like, I can't express that enough, how, how great it is to have him back healthy. So, let me tell you why I – like, after watching quarterback, the show, like, when you get to see, like, what these guys do to prepare – their bodies. Not I'm not talking about schematically. I'm just talking about getting their body ready to go to compete week in and week out. I mean, you see it with your brother. You've seen it for years, right? Dating back to his days at Oregon State and his all, all through his career. I mean, you've you've played ball, you know what it's like. Um just to, just to see what at this level like what these players go through to get their body right every single week. It's one of those things like as as fans or as fans of the team or however you want to look at it media you don't get to you really don't get to see that side of these players i mean your brother like it's I, not madden it's not right you don't just right. show up and the guy's good even if he has a sprained ankle that way he's not like so <laughs> i'm sitting here and i'm like yo like jay you know, poor like really like didn't even get on a plane he i mean he when you hear that story now you're like damn like i get it these guys really put themselves like they do everything they can to get their bodies ready to play on Sunday. And even though they don't feel like it in terms of like, you know, stuff ain't working, stuff's injured. And, you know, you got these ailments, these bumps and bruises. And, and you know, we're expecting you to get the, you know, this fantasy points and you're going <laughs> to, you know, 
and we just don't really take into consideration injuries. So I say all that to say about Gabe Davis is like, I can say that like, I even said it publicly. I was like, okay, but like his ankle was hurt, but what about his hands? Like, bro should have been catching some of these balls. You know, his hands ain't broke. Like, I get like maybe some your release package may be limited or the 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 way you run these routes and some of the timing may be off because you're you're injured. I still feel like his hands. He I feel like he should he should have caught he caught some he had some concentration drops like he had a lot of drops. So were you uh, go ahead? But lastly, just the so I'm like I'm with you on this. Like, all right, so I'm gonna have some mercy and grace in terms of like. All right, he was injured last year. Let's see. He gets a pass from last year. Let's see how he does this year, playing 17 so, games, et cetera. I, I can't ex- like express how much like the mental part of, especially when you're catching the football, the mental part of the game is like at an all-time high important, especially now. Because you're looked at – like back in the day, you dropped some balls – all right, cool. You know what I mean? Like, there's no social media going to roast you. There's no – Gabe is playing injured, and, like, he's getting roasted for some of these drops. And granted, bad drops. Like, it, whether it's his mind wasn't there or his ankle, whatever it was. Like, what his drops were – he would probably tell you himself that he was pissed about him. But sure. if you watch his podcast, he was talking specifically about what the ankle injury did to his mental, not the ankle injury itself. But he was supposed to have this breakout year, and he felt like he couldn't do it at all while he was walking on that ankle. And and what that'll do to your mind, like Jordan even talked about last year was his hardest year playing football. And it's not so much the injuries themselves. You can you can, but like I need to get back for my teammates, but I'm also the contract and like hmm. this and that, and like injuries, like so much shit goes on in their lives where they're expected to show up to the stadium and lock in. And sometimes then when you're going through shit, you can't do that. And that, that part of why I think Josh's whatever he was going through in the off or in the, in the, during the season with his, what he had going on, like he's, he's locked now because he has none of that dragging him down mentally or whatever, whatever was going on with his, his ex now, I guess, or whatever was going like, you know what I mean? Like, That'll play a toll as well when you try to go lock in for work and you're thinking about stuff going on at home. Like there's so much stuff. These players are not like a Madden creator where they don't got nothing going on outside the game. And I think this is fine. And then not to mention Pagula's, the shootings, the snow getting locked in and, and not being able to go anywhere and having to get snowmobiled or walk out of your house. Like this is a, continuous thing last year was just hard for everybody. And I feel like when we got down to Cincinnati, whether you want to agree with it or not, or call it an excuse, they just ran out of juice. Ah, man. I hope that's not the case this year. Like, I really hope that like, there's just, there's just, these guys can just focus on uh, football Right. And no outside distractions. I mean, not saying that life won't happen. Life happens and it is. But last year was just a lot. It was a lot on a lot of levels. And I ain't never seen nothing like that before for for the uh, much adversity for a team to get hit like that. That was that was crazy. That's what brings me up to the to our next point. Um, preseason preseason is it's here, man. Uh, the Buffalo Bills season starts now, like even, even though it's not the first regular season game, but. The Bills will play just about every every week until the Super Bowl. Other right? than one or two. Okay, yeah. <laughs> give it give give or take a couple. Hopefully the, I hope build advantage. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I you know what? Like, first of all, do you have any do you have any favorite preseason moments? Uh the only one that I can remember vividly is uh Wade scoring that 40 yard touchdown. I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. So that like, was dope. That's the only one that I uh, remember vividly and everybody was hyped about it. And like, I don't know if I've gone to many preseason games because the starters barely play. And especially last year, Jordan didn't really play at all. Um, but he, I mean, that had to be a highlight. You got a New Zealand kid that played rugby coming out here and scoring a 40 yard touchdown. 
Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he he could have had a second touchdown if he would like you know you know had some yeah. awareness. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so because you took that one, you 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 took my you stole the show. I'm gonna go with that touchdown throw, Josh Allen to Gabe Davis. I think it was a preseason game against the Packers, if I'm not mistaken, uh, where he threaded the needle to Gabe over the middle on a 40 yard rope. Through the ball traveled 40 yards through the air on a rope <laughs> right into Gabe Davis's and I'm like bro that throw that you talk about big boy throws that was one of the throws where you just like man being a Bills fan since 1989 and going through the you know the good years and going through the drought years and when Josh I mean just having Josh Allen and, and, and being excited about him playing in the preseason and him throw that ball like that, bro. I was just like, God dang, this he's it. I mean, he was already on on, on the way up, and he, he had some success. But dude, that arm arrogance, as my boy Daryl, my boy Daryl says, that arm arrogance. Uh, he had another throw this week, um, yesterday in in practice where he 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 threw the ball to the back corner, um, you know, over Tre'Davious White's arms. It was Taryn. Uh, it was Taryn. Uh, Tra- like, jump to try to get it, and then Taryn was, was yeah, 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 yeah. on sure. Trey field, was right? like Trey was like trying to come back, and he was late. But it was really Taryn. That was man. You look. It's like, dude. Like, how many quarterbacks two. can make that throw? Two, right? Like, like with that type of coverage, there's two, and that's probably the one thing the Bills fans like had been missing. It's somebody that can make those throws now. Josh has to learn when to throw those and when not to. And I think he's been doing that every step by step throughout the years. Um, and you can see it in some of the interceptions that he's made. Like I I've gotten a lot of tape of Josh and like, he tries to fit some things that he just can't fit, <laughs> but like, yeah, he got the arm talent. Yeah. No. Arm talent. Listen, man, that, that, that's, Boy, Josh is, he's one of one. Like yeah. that, that's, you know, Mahomes makes that throw. Allen makes that throw. I think Justin Herbert can make that throw. He could, like, but, but he, hey, Justin Herbert, hey, dog, he had a throw. Uh, what game was that? It was against, I think it was against the Chiefs, man. He he threw, bro, Justin Herbert, that dude, you talk about, he got some arm arrogance too, man. Uh, I, I think Burrow, Burrow can make that throw. I don't think Jalen Hurts is making Burrow, that throw. Burrow, not the sideline throw? Burrow yeah. not making that throw. I don't think he's making that throw. Burrow's not he like don't no, Burrow wrong. makes that throw. Burrow's got a whip, bro. Burrow would have had to throw that ball way before then. <laughs> Burrow would have had to throw that ball and like just know he was gonna get open. That's the hey, only way he's hitting that throw on time. Burrow is so accurate. All he had to do was take the that's snap fair. and just throw it in that direction. That's fair. Hey, that's, that's how fair. accurate that dude is, yeah, right? Yeah, that, Bur- Burrow's day, man. Joe, Joe Cool. Hey, that dude, he's dope. But man. he's not canon like it's not, it's not <laughs> no, that's just not, nah, hey, not right, right. No, hey, Josh is like I said, man, he he's one of one. But that gets me thinking, like. All right, so preseason's coming. We're going to see some Anthony Richardson. Like, So c- shout out to all the Colts fans. If you're listening and watching to the show right here on Buffalo Rumblings, Vic has feed, you get to see your potential franchise quarterback step out on the field for the first time. We don't know how much he's going to play, how many snaps he's going to play, but for everything that we've heard, um, that I've heard, that, you know, they really like they really like him a lot, and he's, he's growing and progressing, and his accuracy, uh, you know, is improving. So I want to see what this kid's made of. Um, you know, I, I love – I'm going to just say it. I love black quarterbacks. Like, I love the fact that, like, because they're doubted and, and you know, and we're seeing more black quarterbacks come into the league and, and succeed. Like, and maybe that's, you know, an old head ideology. But, like, when I was growing up I'm, – I'm 40 now. But when I was growing up, you know, there was a stigma behind black quarterbacks. So they can't read a defense and they can't do this and they can't – they can just run. And then you had guys like Vic coming to the league and then – and then so you know Tyrod had he had you know he had some success and Dante Culpepper and all these guys like I mean it's like it's good to see that that there are guys that are, that are coming to the league and having success so I, I'm always, hoping I've, I've always looked at that whole like people had an idea of what the quarterback was and and yeah don't get me wrong there was a lot of like there was a lot of racism prior but they had an idea of what they saw the quarterback and and it was that pocket passer. And to his, this guy's Randall Cunningham was able to adapt to what they wanted in a quarterback sure. at that time. Right. And 
Vic comes in, he kind of opens the gate for, but he had, he had an arm cannon. And so like he opens the gate for a, right. a quarterback that can run as well as he does. And then you have these other guys coming in and that kind of slowly, that slowly like opened the gate to what our ideology. Now you can't play quarterback if you can't move. Right. Unless, unless you really got the arm, like you got to be able to move at least a little bit. And so in my opinion, that's what's like changing the mindset. I, I, I don't, I don't want to say it was specifically like color in my opinion of why black quarterbacks were not getting the nod. I, I want to say, because Vince Young came in the highest touted, Jamarcus Russell came in the highest touted and they just didn't fit the mold of what a quarterback was in the NFL at that time. And now quarterbacks are actually the uh, black quarterbacks are actually adapting to what it is now. And you need arm and legs to make it like CJ Stroud is one of my, I think CJ Stroud is going to be the best quarterback out of the draft class. And I'm very high on CJ Stroud. Now, Anthony Richardson, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not there yet. Sure. You you don't don't like him. You don't like him. You know what I mean? Um, but I just, I try to look at it from that perspective. And, and, you know, that's, and that's fair. Like there's no right, wrong way to look at it, but, you know, societal norms and, and, and stigmas and, and so, you know, uh, stereotypes do exist. And, um, you know, it'd be one thing if, if like teams didn't say these things, I mean, these are documented things that were, that are said or were said about black quarterbacks. So, you know, it's not to me singling out white quarterbacks. I'm not saying you are. I'm just making a public statement here. But, you know, it's important. Um, I'm not – and this doesn't diminish. Look, look, Spin says, I love white quarterbacks. Black players have all the other positions. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious, and they do, right? Uh, you know, uh, and it's all good. Like, it's all love in here. But, uh, you know, I, I just – I just, I'm really excited about some of these young quarterbacks coming to the league. Bryce Young, I really – you know, I think, you know – the way he can make plays off script, I really like that. Like, I think that kid's going to be good. C.J. Stroud is probably the most accurate quarterback that that that's in this draft class, right? And you've heard great things about him in Houston, but this Saturday we get to see Anthony Richardson. So with that being said, um, I do have – let's take a look at the uh, the Bills depth chart. Um, so a co- couple takeaways <clears throat> here. Um, let's talk about Ryan Bates. Ryan Bates being the starting right guard – over Osiris Torrance, how does that hit you? Uh, I mean, that hits me just fine. I think it's going to be a rotation anyways at some point. Um, but they're going to go essentially early with what they're comfortable with. That's just – Okay. That, that's been their mindset. What Who's consistent? And I, as I've been saying, Sean McDermott and rookies, just, it's not like – and like the better you are, the more playing time you're going to get. I just – Sure. I – I, it's one. It's one of them things where I know McDermott ain't gonna put O'Torrance as a starting right guard on the first depth chart, but I do think Osiris Torrance will beat out Ryan Bates and be the starter week one. Now, I but not not so much of well, Osiris Torrance is a better prospect necessarily. Well, I think he has better tools, but the fact that they might be using uh, Ryan Bates as like the next man up for Mitch Morris and maybe some, some of the, uh, you know, the guard spot. So, you know, I like the, if this is true, I like the fact of them maybe of starting Osiris Torrance, right. And just look, let them figure it out, man. Like, you know, uh, people say, well, you know, the bills don't play their rookies and stuff like that, whatever. I mean, you, you know, I've seen data that supports both sides of, of the spectrum, but I want Osiris Torrance to be the starter. And I, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys with the rookies, like I don't you know, put them in there, let them play, let them play. So, I like this fact that, you know, Osiris <laughs> Torrance is getting run with the ones. He's getting a lot of run with the ones at right guard. So we need somebody like like that to solidify that that right guard position. I would uh I would more likely think that Osiris will go in once somebody gets hurt and whether that's Mitch Morse or the left guard and Bates would have to move. Um I I do think that they start the year if everybody's healthy with Bates at that right guard spot. And then at some point in a season, one of your guards is going to get hurt at some point. Now I'm knock on wood because, but like, just yeah. if you look at history, one of the guards and, or the center gets hurt at some point, misses a couple games, Osiris will be moved in to that right guard spot and Bates will go to whoever, whatever spot has gotten hurt in my opinion. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, Sal says Torrance will be there soon. Bates needed for insurance. So, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, Osiris, he, he's got a Cybo, uh, Cybo. He's he's got a he's got to earn it. I I just hope that he does. Um, so we'll see. But you know, the Bills need definitely they they got to get better better play up front on the offensive line this season. The next thing I wanted to look at, um, was uh, what was the next one? Cornerback two. So this is interesting to me. So besides uh, Trey White being CB1, as we all know, you got, it's like Benford, Elam, Jackson. Now, you know, I don't think there's any rhythm or rhyme to how they put those names in there. But I think, you know, as meticulous as Sean McDermott is, right? Like we know, we know Sean McDermott to be this very meticulous, like, Everything he's do, he does is calculated and so forth. Like, I think there's some, like, when he's putting this depth chart together, I think he's trying to, like, send a message to some of these guys or get the most out of them. What do you think? I will I will say this about that quarterback spot. Look, Kyrie Elam would have that spot if they had the mental part of what they're looking for. They're looking for some, him to unlock something in his uh-huh. mental. And in my opinion, um, it's – to be me, like Kyrie's a nice guy, sure. But like he, like he has to get some aggression, some mean about him, like that they're missing. And until they get that, I think Dan's gonna be the starter. I think that they have this you, list you, to have them play. Dan, Dan's the most consistent one out of the three, and they're comfortable with Dan. I'm mad at you right now because you sound just like an old head. You know, we're just gonna go with a guy that that brings his lunch pail to work and he puts on his pants just like the next man. He's going to go in there and he's going to perform and he's going to, no, son, like, I mean, Kyrie Elam. I'm just explaining what they're comfortable with. That's okay. It. So, they're okay. comfortable with Dane in there and he, Kyrie, in my opinion, has the highest ceiling. Sure. And, and Benford is, as far as like consistency, he's probably right behind Dane. Kyrie has the highest ceiling, but he has to get somewhere. He's he's got to get somewhere mentally to like, and there's something that he's missing that they, because he has all the talent in the world, and I can see that from the sideline that he has all the talent in the world, and he's missing something that that's the reason he's not playing, or else there would be no other reason. I what other reason is there not? Sorry, he's a first round draft pick. Listen, he's a, you know what I mean, like. Go get your brother right now and just go on and get him inside. Just tell us who who's gonna be CB two. Uh, my boy. <laughs> My boy Rob, hey, my boy Rob. So he, my my guy right here. He he works for uh, Altitude Sports. It's a it's a local joint here, uh, by Stan Kroenke. Um, but this he's my guy on on, on my show on Sundays, right? So he was I had him on last week. I mean, I mean, I've known Rob for years, but uh, he all we always argue about stuff. But he, he, this is him talking about some. He's just listening to him alphabetically with no slashes, not to give anything up. And, I mean, that could be it. It could be it, right? I just feel like with McDermott, it's always deeper than that. Like the dude is so meticulous and like he thought out. I just feel like he's probably putting it this way. He's like, you know, Dane Jackson was the third one. So he's probably like, Dane, you know, these young guys can take your spot, bro. Like I need you to show me some more. The players have to like, look, the players have to be able to trust that when something's called, you're going to be where they expect you to be. This like the safeties, in my opinion, the safeties have, to make up for the, a lot of the mistakes that happened in the front seven as far as run game. And so in the past game, especially on play actions or whatnot, they expect the quarterbacks to be where they're supposed to be at all times. Okay. And so that comes with trust. And they've been with Dane for three, four years now. And that it just comes in like, it, that's all it is. Like they've been with Dane three, four years and they trust Dane's going to be where he's supposed to be is he going to make all the plays in the world is he the most athletically gifted no Kyrie's Kyrie's the most athletically gifted cornerback sure. probably out of all of them but mm-hmm. he I mean he's just got to get there I, I don't know when yeah we'll see be, you know what I mean yeah we'll see I'm pulling for him man I really do want him to be the starter um because I, I like his upside uh, I think it'd be dope. Uh, real quick too, we got the middle linebacker position. So right now it's Terrell Bernard uh, as first on the de- well, not even first. Both Tyrell Dawson and Terrell Bernard are listed as first on the depth chart by all the reports that I've seen and heard. Um, Tyrell Dawson seems to be the guy 
uh, front runner in the in the clubhouse right now at middle linebacker. Um, I mean, that's what it takes. I mean, I guess I'm okay with it. Um, I, I only only <clears> issue <throat> I have with that is like, man, you drafted Terrell Barnard and Dorian Williams so high. Like you, I like I need I need us to to hit on one of these these draft picks <laughs> at these third round linebackers, bro. I you know I don't know because they're not middle linebackers. So I don't like when they drafted them like Dorian, but outside. He, but they yeah, they talk like, about well, he's an outside linebacker. And they're like, oh yeah, well he could play some inside too. Oh, yeah. and, oh now he's outside. <laughs> so we're just gonna keep him outside. You know, it's like drinking uh water through a, a fire hose right now and blah blah blah. It's like coach speak. Okay, whatever. Cool. I would assume T Dot gets the nod to start, and sure. I don't. I think that they're gonna rotate so much. Um, six DBs, five uh-huh. DBs with Terrell Bernard in and coverage. Like they're gonna rotate so much that like the plays will probably be split between the two. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge—that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Look, maybe it's one of those ideas where, you know, it's matchup heavy, right? They they just kind of use these guys. I mean, it's it's a nice problem to have in a sense where you got three guys you can trust in any given situation. Um, but if you have three cornerbacks for one spot, then you know, I feel like you have none. Like, you know, you I want ideally, I think they want to one of these guys to just kind of take the job and kind of move forward though. So um, I think they're I think the only reason they haven't named one is because they're waiting for Kyrie to take it. Yeah, and, maybe and that's he's, and he's not and mm. and like that's a that's like that aggression piece like that and I'm not talking about play style aggression, Darrell. I know you said that up there. I'm talking about I'm talking about aggressive mindset to where like he's getting meaner. Like Trey came in with that ego, a little bit of ego. Like he like he's got to get a little bit of ego with that those skills like that he has in my opinion. I feel like when Trey came in, um, they had no choice but to play him. You know what I'm right. saying? Like. They were they didn't have nothing at cornerback, and, and Trey was the best they had. Like, but Absolutely. I mean, Trey obviously earned it, and he's he's lived up to that and more. Uh, being the twenty seventh overall pick in that draft, uh, I think it was like the sixth corner taken in that draft or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, I want to beat, but um, so yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I hope again, I hope he he takes it, and then lastly, um, you know, we we got uh, Leonard Floyd behind Greg Rousseau, which was expected, um. Puna Ford behind Tim Settle. Um, that's one where I'm like, Tim Settle didn't give us anything. You know, I feel like I feel like Puna Ford should be the third DT uh in the clubhouse. But again, this is just a, a week, you know, first week uh depth chart. But uh real quick, wide receiver. So Deontay Hardy and Khalil Shakir. So there it's one A, one B uh in the slot. How does that hit you right there? Either one is going to succeed this year. I think Deontay Hardy's been waiting for a breakout. I trust Khalil. He's made, he made a lot of big-time catches for us um, in some clutch situations last year. So I think it's you don't lose in that situation um, with whoever goes there. And I plus, I think we're going to play a lot of 12 this year. So that slot position is going to be taken by Dalton a lot of some of the times. And, um, and he'll be in like a wing spot and – I just think it's going to look like an entire different offense this year than what we've had. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, if I had to pick, like, I do like that the idea 
of Deontay Hardy and his speed and what he brings. Like he gives you the ability to take the top off of defense. He's the kind of guy that, you know, you throw him a screen, like you and I and Spence have talked about this on the show. You throw him a screen and he could take it the distance. Like the Bills haven't had that guy in their offense. I don't since shoot. I don't know when the last time they had a guy like that in their offense. Uh, what's his name? John, Ross, not Ross. Uh, Smoke. Smoke, when he was first here, he was, he was, I mean, he could do that. Yeah, but like Smoke was more like, he, he, like, I didn't find him like very shifty after the catch, like dynamic run after the catch guy. Like, I, I feel like Deontay Hardy definitely is that guy that, that, Bonafide can like you give it to him that dude can make plays happen. Yeah. Smoke Smoke was a, a extremely good route runner, had really good hands, and he and he had straight line speed where he yeah. could just take it off. But I feel like Deontay Hardy uh can get give it to you all three levels of the field. And yeah. so um but you know, Khalil Shakur is quietly having a really good camp. Like from everything that I've heard, I, I haven't been to camp. You were there, you probably you saw him, but Khalil Shakir is having a really good camp, and he's kind of <laughs> got lost in the sauce. We don't really talk about him much. Um, do you, shed some light on like what you saw from uh, Khalil Shakir. If, if you know, at I think he'll move there a couple days. Yeah, I think he'll, he'll move around. I think he'll play some outside, some inside, some. Uh, I just think that he's a guy that you're going to be able to put in behind Gabe and behind and behind Diggs if say like we had to sit a wide receiver on the inactive list or whatever for that week. Like I think he's just a, he's going to be a consistent stable guy that you could put out there in any of the positions. So sure. I, he'll get his run. And no, uh, Oh, we got a super chat here. Here, here we go. So again, thank you for the super chats. Uh, you could be doing this all season long. Uh, we accept super chats on the show, but when there is a super chat, we talk about it. So I'll take the first stab at it. And then if you have any uh, comments, you can follow up. But he says, I would love to see us in more no huddle with 12 because we can dictate before they can sub. Um, I, I, I like I like that idea. Um, the no huddle offense, I, I think, I mean, you can't beat it to death. I think, you know, if you want to sprinkle something in there like that. Uh, I think 12 personnel, even without the no huddle uh, for what the Bills are going to be putting out there, I think it's going to be hard for teams to defend unless you have like a, uh, you know, one of these hybrid linebackers or or they a team that has a third safety like Taylor Rapp where they can kind of match up a little different. So like a team like the Chargers, because they have Derwin James, you know, they can they can kind of match the Bills on some of this stuff. Uh, teams with these athletic safeties. But um, so, I, yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. Like 12 with, with a little bit of uh, no huddle. Like if I were if I was the Bills and, and I was um, the offensive coordinator, right, uh, Ken Dorsey, I, this is something that I would look into uh, week one just to get the Jets off guard because, you know, you're facing one of the, you know, the top premier defenses in the league in the New York Jets. They, they got C.J. Mosley and he's a dog like that dude is good. And they got some pass rush, so you want to kind of keep teams off guard. So, what what do you have to say to that? I completely agree with John. I the the problem with our no huddle last year, in my opinion, and where it got to is when we ran a no huddle last year, you know we're throwing the ball because mm. we we couldn't run the ball regularly very well. But when we did, we had to huddle up, get a personnel that could block for him, run a play that we had to. Now with twelve. We can run the ball consistently in a no huddle if we need to, and that'll keep teams off of balance. I, I agree completely that if if we are going to run some no huddle in the middle of um, in the middle of the games, like the quarters, that it could be out of twelve because we can go five wide shift, we can go four wide shift, we can go we can be in tight and shift out. Like there's just so much you could do with twelve personnel. Josh has to be ready to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to see a lot of that in the in the training camp, but he has to be ready to on the go call the plays, and um, I, I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, man, and maybe it's something they don't they're not uh, showing to the public, right? You right. know those 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 practices are scripted, just like the red the red and blue game last Friday night was one of those things. They're not going to show you a lot, so but no, that's that's some good analysis on that. I, I really do like it, John. Thanks for the uh, super chat once again. Um, but to say you know this has been phenomenal. Like this is we're we're at an hour, my friend. Uh this has been good. Yeah. I, I love, I love, 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 love talking bills in general, man. Like this, you know, it's hard during the summer. Cause like what do you what are you actually gonna talk about? Like 
over and over and things are, are, are beat up. And it's like, dude, we actually now we got some football to talk about and I'm excited about it, bro. Um, so with that being said, you are listening to the chop up on the Buffalo Rumblers VidCast feed. I'm your host, Sterles for the girls, and I got my guy, Jeremy, on the other side. We're going to be locked and loaded here every single week. And if you guys haven't liked, followed, and subscribed to Buffalo Rumblers, man, you got to do so. Like, listen, I know there's a lot of Bills podcasters, and there's a lot of podcasts out there. But, like, yo, our, our show is dope. Like, I ain't even got to tell y'all. So if you you got somebody that, you know, if you riding to work, you well, you going to the grocery store, man, listen to Chop Up, man. Listen to Buffalo Rumblings, bro. But with that being said, you already know how we do. And uh, I'm just going to let y'all know, we out of here, bro. Go Bills. Peace. Go Bills. And make enough is too much for my children. Living like a king because I need to find a thing. Y'all need it up front. Can't tell me shit because I do what I want. Self-made every day. You know we gon' stun. You know that we eat and it's looking like lunch. So I tell them that I need it. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.